accept it. <clears throat> to explain this, also to add a little bit to and how to understand it, see, the Torah also, when he explains Moshe Rabbeinu, does there is no cover-ups. I've once said before that someone came to Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Yosei was a great Tana in the Mishnah. And he said to Rabbi Yosei I have a hard time believing. It was a Roman uh, lady who was a governess. And she said, I have a hard time believing the story of Yosef Atzadik. Yosef was 17 years old. And then Aishas Patifera, the wife of his, where he was working, he was sold as a slave, tried to sin with him, and he would not give in. So she said, give me a 17-year-old, and I'll show you what, what you could do. Nothing that you could stop a 17-year-old. So she said, I don't believe it. I have a hard time accepting it. He said, so he took out the Torah. It's interesting matter. She takes out the Sefer Torah. He says, our Torah is not a cover-up. It shows that Moshe Beni made a mistake. Hashem calls him on to it. Don't say that, you know, Moshe Beni was infallible. And when the Torah at the end says, Moshe Beni did not go into Eretz soul because he didn't listen to the words of Hashem. Instead, instead of speaking to the stone, he hit the stone. One day we'll get to that parasha. Very complicated. What? But he did something wrong, and he didn't go into Israel, to the land of Israel. The Torah is, doesn't cover up. And Moshe Bain didn't lose his greatness. Boss Moshe Bain is an incredible great. And he is the teacher. So the title shows that sort of, you know, Moshe Bain was a malach, you know, like an angel. Then he had the great prophecy. But he also made a mistake. And the title calls it on a mistake. And he also got angry. You know, tell sometimes people when I speak about anger, the title says Moshe Bain got angry. And he made a mistake. You're not allowed to get angry. Then even the greatest person suddenly gets angry. But... In all this, Claudius saw how this great faith in Moshe Rabbeinu because we saw Hashem communicate through him. We watched Hashem communicating through him. It's not that we, we looked in our prophecy, we over-prophesied and how Sinai saw in our vision of prophecy Hashem was speaking to him. Why was this so important? The reason is very simple because then it's like we have People tried to change the religion. Christianity came and said, you know, the, you know, we moved away from the Old Testament, now we have a New Testament. Or it's like the Reform movement, the conservative movement. You know, and with the truth is, Hashem said, nothing is going to change. It is what it is. He said, over the Shabbos, I had someone who was telling me that his professor likes to cut corners, doesn't keep the rabbinons. means the, the rabbinical laws. I said to him, tell his professor, who he claims to be a person who thinks a lot, that you'll notice that the people cut corners are the ones who became totally not religious. It starts by the corners and ends with the substance. Slowly, famous Gemara says, the Eitzahara tells the person a little bit today, then give him a little bit more and give him a little bit more until you find you're not religious anymore. I mean, it's, it doesn't, you don't compromise. And history showed people started cutting away, refused to listen to the rabbinic laws. They literally fell apart. You just got, they intermarried and everything stopped. So the, the greatest that we believe in Moshe Rabbeinu was because we saw in our prophecy. But there's another very, very important fact. 
that which Anachemik speaks a lot about, that it wasn't that Moshe Rabbeinu lived in the times of the Matan Torah and he's gone. His spirit lives with us. That means it's not that he just, you know, he happened to be a great leader and now he went up to heaven and he's residing in heaven enjoying his time there. I'm sure he is. But, but really also he left behind and he comes down his soul and he makes sure that the Torah is taken care of. It's based on the famous Zoya. Zoya is the Kabbalistic name, but the Zoya says very clearly, Moshe Beni makes sure the Torah should not be forgotten. It's one of the most miraculous things amongst uh, uh, Jews that after all these exiles and programs and, and what happened to the Holocaust, still the Torah is being learned, taught, cherished, adored. It's incredible. You have, you have yeshivas that are busy learning the Torah. It is the, Moshe, the soul of Moshe Rabbeinu is there, who comes down and he makes sure that these things should work out. The yeshiva should work and to, the scholars should become. How that works, we have no idea. But somehow in a spiritual way, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down and makes sure. Then the same idea is Moshe Rabbeinu was a charge in Torah. We know great tzaddikim were in charge for other things. And what the Reb Nachman said before he passed away, he'll be in charge to help everyone come back to find God. That means, it's, as I've said this so often, it's sometimes difficult to have a relationship with Hashem. Sometimes, most of the times. Most of the times people could be religious, but they don't get connected, make God a reality. And it's very hard to make God a reality because we don't see it. It's not that we walk around and we see, wow, I just met him. You know what I mean? I just had some great insight and, you know, I just got a hug from him. You know, when someone tells you you got a hug from him and you think, ay, 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 you know, there's something disturbing over here. You know, but uh, we, don't, we don't feel it and we don't see it. We, ha- we have to pursue the relationship. And we must work hard to pursue the relationship. It's not the relationship comes to us. It's not that he... We must go and go out of our way and think about Hashem, realize His greatness, His kindness. In a relationship, when a person is with anyone, a wife, a daughter, children, friends, you know, you reach out to each other, you call up, or you text or email each other, how was your day, and how are you doing, or how was your Sunday? You know, you reach out to each other, and you get feedback. But Hashem, we don't get this feedback. We have to pursue the relationship, which is much harder. It's very, very hard to make it in a simple way to very hard. If you have a child who's not well, who is in a coma, it's very hard to be in a relationship with her. He had come visit. Someone told me that his father, unfortunately, the last eight years of his life was suffering Alzheimer's disease. He didn't know what was going on. Eight years. I met someone who told me 14 years, but this guy told me 8 years, and says, I didn't know my father already. It's like he's gone 8 years. He didn't know. I would come. He wouldn't recognize me. I would just do it as a son does to his father. It's very hard to have a relationship with someone who's not there. You know, I mean, you don't feel him there. Maybe the person says, you know, people said, you never know if he doesn't feel you're there, or whatever. You're great. You did a mitzvah. But but the same idea is with Hashem. It's very hard to pursue it because you don't get a feedback. 
If you're lucky, you do get sometimes an overwhelming honors, love, feel like elevated. But that comes after working very hard. I mean, if you have to work so hard in a relationship with someone, you, you would tell the guy, drop the relationship. Imagine you're pursuing, you know, dating someone, or you want to become friends with someone, and they, you know, they don't call you back, and they don't answer you, and they, they're hard to get. Most often, they're hard to get. Don't pursue it. But the, by Hashem, that's the challenge. We have to pursue it continuously. And one of the greatest ways is, is to pray, is to take time for yourself. Because one of the things I always tell people, the Yitzhahara does, he doesn't want us to take time for yourself and realize what you're doing in this world. Most often, you know, we're busy running, doing things, even a day off. We like, like someone explained to me, that big part of his, of a big, big part of the, what, the, what he, he finds himself doing is running away not to think. Getting on the internet, finding excuses, going playing ball. We don't want to sit down and say to ourselves, what are we doing? Rav Nachman says, one of the ways to accomplish that is with happiness. He says, a person who's happy is a very, very powerful thing. When a person is happy, he could move his mind around. You know, it's like you can move the light wherever you want. When you're very happy, you could focus, say, let me think about this now. Let me think about this. When you're unhappy, you have a very reward. When you're depressed, you have a hard time taking your mind. Let's move around. Let's look at things differently. Let's think things over again. You know, is it, you know, what I, is it what I accept that truly has to be or doesn't have to be? So happiness is called the See, this is a very powerful word, but in English it means the happiness is frees the person's mind. You know, otherwise, you ever notice when you're depressed, you feel so locked in, so obsessed, and so can't move away from what you're thinking sometimes. That's, you're locked in and not being true free your mind because you'll have a hard time looking. And if, you, if you're hurt, I, mind, I find this when people get hurt and they cannot even see. Maybe there's another side to this story. Maybe you could do differently something. Maybe you could change the attitude of yourself or your friend. So happiness takes us a step further. The happiness takes us a step further, and all of a sudden you could be able to look at the thing in a much, much wider way. Much, much, much wider way. So the, that's what, uh, the, that's, I'm coming back, that the uh, Muna, the faith that we have in Sadiqin was that their, what they accomplished and what they in, in, in the world left us also in the light. See, to explain this in a very down-to-earth level, you know, certain people invented certain great things. Ford invented a car. He doesn't have to be alive, and the legend doesn't have to be alive that we should enjoy a car. It was replicated. It was done better, changed. You know, it's just that he came up with the invention, or other people came with invention with other great things, and with we, we all benefit. But their invention was, he was a wise person, studied, came out of the Chidush, and he did create something. That, when he left this world, it's not that your Ford is around over here, make sure the Ford company doesn't go bankrupt. I'm sure many of these people invented things, uh, died hungry. You know, someone told me, many of these inventors and creative people uh, one of the most impoverished people you can imagine. But 
That, that's because they just made in this world something. But Sadiqim live in this world. They accomplish with the great work. They leave a light in this world over. And that we benefit. We benefit it from Moshe Rabbeinu living this world. And we are connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. We benefit from all the Sadiqim. Because when before Mashiach comes, there's going to come a darkness in the world. You know, in the darkness, which there's a great light, because the darker it is, the more light we want. You ever notice that the more confused you are? I noticed this when I moved here many years ago. I always say this over. There was used to be billboards. There was the times when there was cults were very strong in the 70s. I moved there about 79. Beginning of that, there was a billboard, I remember, saying, if you want to know what life is all about, call this number. So, and I was very curious, who in the world would call such a number? You know what I find? People who are very depressed, very lonely, isolated. That's when I, that's when I remind, because they are so, they, they don't enjoy anything. So they want to know, what is this all about? Sometimes we get caught up with life, we don't think, what am I doing here? Because we, we you know, because you do it, we, there's no time to think. You're pursuing your career, you're becoming whatever you're becoming in your career, you're trying to make a living, so you, and you're happier, you're, you don't walk around depressed, so you don't take time for yourself. When a person is very depressed and is very, doesn't know what's going on, he's the one who would sit down and ask, what am I doing with my life? Unfortunately, but when Mashiach, before Mashiach comes, there will be a spiritual darkness, and the darkness where people start asking, what is life all about? I met, I met a lady who came to my house many years ago. And she grew up in Malibu. She grew up incredible wealthy parents. So she told me at the age of 16, there's nothing she didn't try. I'll go into details, she said to me. You know, she tried every type of a drug, and she had the who knows... Uh, Boyfriends already, and at the age of 16, she got a license, and the father bought her a convertible. A very expensive car, I forgot the name, and not into cars, but remember, she told you it was an expensive car. And she asked herself, now what? Told me her parents, her father is very wealthy. He's known, and, but remember, she told me that she didn't want, now what? Okay, great, I had everything. So she decided to go visit, to join, to join the American Army, and her father says, are you? That would be the biggest insult for him. Not because he, eh, well, you know. So she went to Israel, wanted to join the army then. She went to Yeshiva, she became religious. But she said, what opened her eyes was, there was nothing to look forward anymore. Most people look forward, I'm going to have, you know, I wish I could work and earn money and get this and do that and do. She realized there was nothing, nothing, nothing that life had a purpose to it. She was brought up secular, even though she was Jewish, secular, nothing, no religion. You know, everything was, uh, all, the, all the conversation at the, at the table, whatever it is, were, were you going to be in the picture? They were friends with some actors, and they're going to be in the picture, not going to be in the picture. What are we going to wear? What are we not going to wear? I mean, nothing's, finally, that brought her to see, but uh, there's more to life. Before Mashiach comes, there's going to come a darkness where people are going to start waking up. What is life living for? And this is the great light. And the truth is, now we, you know, we are, Baruch Hashem, blessed. And the truth is, I always say this, we are blessed beyond our imagination. It, it's unbelievable. You know, it's really, 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 sometimes I marvel. I remember thinking 20 years ago, 
what new inventions are going to come? And I have a smartphone where I could, you know, I could text to all my children, can I know how many, and say good Shabbos to them. in one text, you know what I mean? And used to be asked to call them, they had a hard time reaching me. Friday, there's a short Fridays. You know, now they, all they do is text me and text them back, got your message, and have a lovely Shabbos. It's like we live in a, you know, we're blessed, really, really, even though people struggle some ways in the economy, but we still are living better than anyone lived since Adam Arishan was kicked out of Ganadim. Adam Arishan was in the Garden of Eden. Life was incredible great. Then he was kicked out, and then he started plowing to get bread. And since then, the life was getting better, because none of us go out in the fields and plow right now. We have these great machines doing it, because otherwise a slice of bread will cost you who knows what. I mean, man, we are so blessed, and our life is so comfortable, it's just amazing. It really is amazing. So, but what, what we have to take advantage is that we're also blessed with time. Someone told me, Friday, someone told me, so it was Thursday, someone told me that an average American, I think, wastes seven and a half hours time with the computer or television or any of the, whatever it's called, the toy smartphone. Seven, and I was like so shocked, seven and a half hours, not working on the computer to write some software or, you know, doing what they need to do or paying the bills or waste seven and a half hours. That means either movies or television or whatever it's called, uh, but playing on the computer. Seven, and you know what that means? We are so rich that we have time to throw it away. Nearly time is life. But the truth is people don't realize there are places in the world where they work from daybreak to, to night because make sure, you know, times of the Gemara, I mean times of the Gemara, I have a friend who went to Cambodia, he's a doctor, he went to Cambodia to, how's it called, uh, Doctor Without Borders, it's called something, and he went there and he came back with pictures, just frightening how difficult the simple life is there. We are so, so blessed, so, so, so blessed we are that we have seven, an average American has seven and a half hours a day just to waste, to sit down, and to, you know, like, and I, I always say I, I grew up without a TV. So one time, I didn't understand that the one time someone told me, came to Sheet, and it was, uh, it was a young guy, and uh, he was very upset. As he walked in, and I asked him, why were you so upset? First, they didn't want to tell. Then he tells me I was fighting with my sister, which television show to watch. I didn't understand, because uh, at that moment, the first moment, of, what the what what you watching? I mean, it's just a bunch of silly things. And he looked at me. What are you talking about? And he was fighting over he and his sister. He wanted to watch this, and I remember thinking about it for a week. Like, what, what were they fighting again about? Like, so I realized that he didn't understand it. For him, it was so important to waste my time with this, and for her, it was more important. His sister wanted to watch something else, but we don't realize if you step back, it's just a waste of time. But we could have the luxury to do that. So instead of that, take time for yourself to think, what am I doing in this world? Am I doing the right thing? Can my shalom bais be better? Can my, you know, my attitude be better? Can I, can I look at things better? Can I smile more? Your own life. You know what I mean? Just, 
It's your life you're living. How can you make your life better? Someone told me that even programs and people go for weekends where they discuss such things, you know, how to change attitudes and it's a great thing. It's like but the person needs to do it every day because we, we, the life pulls us away, scatters us away from what we need to be focused. You know, the, your job and running, I always say, just making a, earning a living, just raising a family, being married, and having, you know, starting life, all is takes, consumes enormous amount of time of energy, just the reality. Just be, living for yourself takes time, energy. And imagine being married, imagine having children, imagine on top of earning a living. And all this takes our mind away from the real issues. So you need time every day to focus, what am I doing? This is the koyach, what Sadiqim can give us. That's what Nachman's teaching is so much about that. How to connect to Hashem. How do we make a relationship with Hashem? And the greatest power of making a relationship to Hashem is to talking to Hashem. You know, simple. You know, it's very hard. It's extremely hard to, to say, you look at a picture and say, I love the person in the picture. There are people who say that to me, but we, and we all grown-ups know it's just an infatuation. You have no idea who the person is. Guy's a fan out of a, a baseball player or a football player or an actor, actress. It's not real. You have no idea who they are. You know, they could be the most difficult person on earth, but you have a fantasy. And to love a person, you have to have a relationship. You have to have a real thing. You have to be talking to them, you know, experience the thing. Same thing with Hashem. It's very hard to be close to Hashem if you don't have a conversation with Him. When you have a conversation with Hashem, what really happens is you bring the light of Hashem into you. It's not just, you know, you talk to Him, you send the email to Him. You know what I mean? And you got the email, and, you know, there's no connection. He's going to look at the email later, you know. When he has time, he's going to check your email. No, 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 no. When you talk to Hashem, it's not an email. When you talk to Hashem, you get connected then the light of Hashem comes to you. Sometimes we feel a light, sometimes we don't, sometimes we just feel the, the presence, but you literally bring light into yourself. The more you talk, the more light you bring in yourself. It's not that you feel being hugged, it's not that you feel like I began to explain, like, you know, wow, he's right here standing next to me. You feel the greatness of Hashem and his wisdom. It's you study. It doesn't take much time. Sit down, take time, and try to think the greatness of the universe. Sometimes I sit down, it's just awesome. Just to think how great the entire universe is. It's just frightening. But it doesn't come just by, you know, by walking out and watching that. Just thinking. I, you know, I, I love to very often meditate about this. And when you do it, try it out, you see. It is incredible if you just say to yourself... I always say this to people. The closest star to us is 4.3 light years away. That means if light, if I shine my flashlight, uh, shine a beam, that beam will reach the closest star 4.3 years. And when I see the light there, that happened four years ago, that light that came. When I'm seeing that light, that light left four years ago. The sun, it takes about eight minutes, I think, the, the light from the sun coming coming to us. So we, now, if we would travel to the closest star, traveling 25,000 miles an hour, that means in one hour we could go around the globe with the satellite, we'll get there 80, 
80,000 years from now. You hear what I said? 80,000 years. Not eight, 80,000 years. And this is our closest neighbor. And we say, hi, hi, neighbor, closest son. And can you imagine, you know, we know there are, you know, there are, we know there's a billion miles light years away. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's so awesome. And how, and, and we are, you know, we are, you know, walking around this planet and we think who knows what we are. In reality, we live because Hashem wants us to live. You know, like I, I, I joking with people, like, you know, we have really so little control of, of our, the most important things of our life. How long we're going to live, which illnesses we're going to get, we have absolutely no control. I was, I was joking with the people and I say, Steve Jobs would have given away all his money to get rid of his cancer. He couldn't do that. The Malachamovas, the angel of death, says, I don't need your money. First you offer one billion, two billion. I don't know how much it's worth, but uh, whatever it's worth, all the billions that I have, just to get off my back. We have we don't realize how the Hashem runs the world. And how what what we have comes from Hashem. The ability to laugh and cry, even to be sad. The ability to create, the ability to have a relationship. This all Hashem gave us. There's nothing that we, you know, or nothing that we did, our heart is beating. We could take care of the body better. We could take our, we could change the other free will to be a better person, to have a better relationship with our friends, with our spouses, or with our children, or neighbors. That we have a free will. But the general speaking, Hashem makes the world run. He makes the sun shine, makes the sun come up and go down, and makes sure there's air. I recently told people, and it's, it's not their mind, I think I remember seeing it as a young man, the most important things in life are the cheapest. Ear we need is free. So far, not charged. Water we need more is also free. You know, very little. Food is, we don't need it so much. It's most, the less you need it, the more expensive it is. A diamond is the least that you need. Let's face it. I know how all our wives like the diamond ring. I grant you that. You know, and, but it's the least that you need is the most expensive. The things that you, lead, the, uh, you need the least, 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 becomes more expensive. No one really needs gold. No one's going to eat gold. You know what I mean? But still, gold is the, that's not, it's expensive because you don't, you don't need it. So, you know, how, how does that happen in the world? How does it happen that, you know, we have a monetary system? Who made this? Imagine it would not be a monetary system. Life, we could not live a life today if it wouldn't be the idea of a monetary system. And I always wonder how, you know, why everyone believes in it. It's just God's gift to us. Otherwise, it would be a barter system. You know, according to historians, once upon a time, there was a barter system. So I make a shirt, and uh, I need your food. I mean, I can't imagine life to be this way. The truth is, the only reason why life is so uh, we could have computers and everything is because there's a monitor that all Hashem gave to us. 
So coming back, it is extremely important to take time for yourself. And I know if people complain to me, that's the hardest thing for them to do. But you should take time, even you're not in the mood. And even though you're in the mood now, not feeling well and cranky, sit down, close your eyes, and just be in the presence of Hashem. Here I am. And just, you know, and just without even, sometimes you can open your mouth, just say, here I am. I want to, you know, look at my life. Because I want to tell you something, sometimes people look at their lives and it's much, much too late. You know, I've I've met someone, twice I met such people. I met a lady once who, very successful, very, very successful, she was doing, she was, she's an artist, still is an artist, but she didn't want to get married because she was always nervous. She had boyfriends, she became more religious, she stopped having boyfriends, Uh, but she was very busy with her artwork. And then after she realized about after 40 that she wanted to fill out the family, it was too late, and she went into severe depression. Remember one time she called me and she was crying hysterically. How, you know, she's not going to have children. She went to the doctor. The doctor says, you know, there's no way, you know, you'll have to adopt the child. And, you know, somehow she didn't sit think it through. I, I, met, I was, you know, you don't like to do this, but as a rabbi... Sometimes you have to get, make sure divorce happens and sit and make a, make a get, it's called. And there was this guy, he was crying hysterical. He cheated on his wife, and somehow his wife found out, and his wife wanted out. I, he was crying so, he, he said to me, I ruined my life of silly Yetzirah. She wanted out of the marriage, and he says, I know now what's going to happen. I'll be a visiting dad. He was just beside himself. So both cases is people don't sit down and think through what am I doing? What am I doing? Forget even forget the moment the religious part. What am I doing with my life? How can I change my life? How can I be a, how can I be a better person? So, you know, I have a thing I try to do every Friday night. Have everyone thank Hashem. Someone recently told me that he's a newlywed. And he has something else. Every Friday night, he decides, besides thank Hashem, asks his wife, how can I be a better husband? So I said, it sounds very romantic. I hope it's going to work. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's a good idea. It's like, uh, it's like the person took advantage of saying, you know, like, how? Because we don't change unless we focus what we can do different, what can we change. What do you think I'm not doing right? You know what I mean? We don't because often we get into a pattern and we stay stuck in that pattern. In a, in a, in a rut, as we say, we don't change. If you sit and think to yourself or discuss it, and you know, you do find changes, how you can change yourself. See, criticism is the hardest thing in the world to accept. We hate to be criticized. And, you know, the the ones who criticize us, either it was our parent or our spouse. That's the reality. You know, we have to know how to do it the right way, not in a criticism way and just ask in a nice way. But we hate, and the truth is, the greatest thing for a person is when he's criticized. Maybe not in a disrespectful way because no, none of us are perfect. None of us 
is, is, is perfect. We are very imperfect. Far from perfection. So we, are, we should be able to sit down and ask ourselves, you know, I could change. I always tell myself it's better to walk around knowing that you're wrong than rationalizing that you're right. It's very important in life. I remember I, I, there was something I was doing when I was young, and I rather told myself, I'm wrong, I should overcome my anger, be forgiving, but I just now cannot do it. Instead of rationalizing, you don't have to forgive him. You know, often people say, well, you're such a person, you don't have to forgive. Right now, I'm not in the forgiving mood, and I am not forgiven. But, you know, but the truth is, it's, this is up, sim, simple cases, but there are many things that we don't realize. That's why it's good to always go to someone's talk. It's easier to accept criticism when someone gives a speech. But the truth is, we have to learn. Shloima Melech says, you know who's really wise? I learned from everyone around me. Everyone was my teacher. What does it mean everyone was his teacher? You could learn from everyone something. The Medrash says, the Medrash says, how could it be from everyone he learned? Yes, even from people who were crazy. The Medrash has a story. Shlomerich met someone who was not well, he was crazy, and he learned something from him. That you could learn from everyone. I met a lady many years ago. She grew up very secular. She told me a very, very profound thing, which I learned from her. <clears throat> she said her parents were the hippies of hippies. She, you know, she didn't want to tell me her original name. Now she calls herself Hana, but uh, she, uh, when she became from her, her name was some uh, ancient name her parents gave her on the, they lived in a, I forgot, commune it's called, a commune? How's it called? Commune. So, but she said, what she, but she, her parents, because they lived in the commune, they had a rule, inalara bad mouth anyone. She had no religion, because they were really hippies and everything was music. But she said that the greatest thing they, they remember, you know, after she became religious, she didn't understand why Loshan Har is so difficult. She grew up, you don't speak about people bad. The only thing you're allowed to if you were hurt and come to your mom and that someone hurt me. We have such a hard time not to speak gossip. You grew up, no gossip. So you see that when you raise a child in the right way, it's like, come on from everyone. I remember this was many years ago. So Shlaina Melech says, you could learn from, everyone was my teacher. And the way to make this a reality is you got to sit down and ask yourself, how can I be a better person? You know, it's a new day today. It's today, it's not yesterday, it's not tomorrow. And every day is a special day. The trick in life is to keep on the novelty. Most of us have this great novelty let it be a new car, let it be newlyweds, let it be uh, whatever, and then it wears off. The trick is, is to keep the novelty. Say, this is a new, I am new today. It's a new day. And yesterday and today is never the same. You know, the Shalman says, there's no two wheat kernels that's the same. Can you imagine? There is nothing the same. You know, I always tell, tell people, no one ever looked like you. No one ever will look like you. Imagine, you are unique of unique. Your DNA, no one has, unless you're identical twins. You know, you know that 
I'm a twin, and they used to believe identical twins have the exact same DNA. It shows it's not exact. You know, they, they, as time goes on, they, they perfect it. It's not anymore exactly the same DNA. It's in the 99 point whatever. It's, we are unique, unique. And every day is unique, unique. The Hashem recreated today. And if you could say to yourself, this is a great thing, you know, Sunday, we, you know, we have a, it's not, I mean, it's a sunny day today too. You know, if you're going to have a great day today, it depends on you. If you're going to be smiling and happy, you'll have a great day. If you want not to have a great day, make sure you groan and you quetch and you be depressed. Your day today depends on yourself. It's very painful for people to hear that. I say this often, and people say, hey, it's not only depending on me, Rabbi. Do you know what's waiting for me at home? It is. It is. You mean, you, if you're happy, this is what I could do for myself. I'm going to be happy. And then at the end of the day, you go to sleep. Wow, this was a great Sunday. But if, you know, if you decide today, because we, the truth is, there's always what to catch about life. You know, I've said the story once before, but it's worth repeating. I remember in 1981, the Russians came out then, a lot of Russians. I had a neighbor, and she lived with her parents in Moscow in the two rooms. So they slept in one bedroom. They had a curtain in between. I, I, couldn't, I can't even imagine such a life, especially newlyweds. There was no apartments. <clears throat> and what happened was she came out with her parents, and they were living three couples in a two-bedroom apartment in uh, just where they came. So she tells me, remember that she's the only one who knew English, says she used to walk where I live to Ralph's every day. She couldn't believe the different fruit there is. Remember she telling me five different apples she counted? We don't even know how many apples there's in Ralph's. Did you know there's five? Could be there's more. I don't pay attention. But she said she counted. She didn't believe other oh, fruit was real. She would touch it. She had this image. The KGB said everything is fake. So these are real apples. These are real oranges. I, she just was, you know, beside herself. So many different cereals. I mean, they never saw such a thing. And, and the way she sounded, she, feel, she was full of animation. Didn't take a long time. A few years later, she would call me from time to time. She calls me up. She was a real go-getter, and she bought a house in the valley someplace. And about a year, two years later, she calls me up, all upset. It's becoming a very Latino neighborhood, and it's not the gangs are gone. And I got to sell the house. And she was so upset. I said to her, you remember seven years ago what happened? You know, you said you'll always be smiling and enjoying the American life. All of a sudden, so you got to move. So you sell the house. What's the end of the world? Man, you could. I asked her, did you ever imagine having a backyard? She lived in Moscow in a tall building. Never saw a backyard. You know, but these, we take for things for granted, like there was no yard. It's, this is the human nature. It's not her. We are all that way. You know, we, there's always things to catch about. There's always things to be unhappy about. You get into your car, you think to yourself that, the, that this, it's not so great, this car. You know, someone recently bought a car, and she released the car. And he tells me that uh, he's going to change it. I asked what happened. It's not so good for the back. He tried this, he tried that. Oh, he's wealthy, so he's going to just change the lease. And 
You know, I told them if it was going to be only one car in the world, this would have been the best thing. See, one, if it is only one, wow, I have got a car. It drives. But since you got, you could buy a Land Rover, you could lease uh, whatever car he was having, and it's better for his back, less for his back, and all of a sudden he has choices to make and he's unhappy. You know, the more things you have, the unhappier you get. I bought the wrong apple. I mean, I do it all the time. I buy the wrong orange juice. And Ochavay, you know, if I bought it with two, what is it? Not out of eye with pulp. So I don't do the shopping anymore because uh, if I do it, then my daughter doesn't drink it. So I'm in trouble. And I mean, it's like, you know, it's got to be the right. If there's be one orange juice, I remember growing up, Tropicana made just one orange juice. I remember this very clearly. Remember those, there was just one orange juice. There was no two, three. It was great. Remember buying orange juice? Today you can buy with pulp, without pulp, with vitamin, not vitamin, too much pulp, about seven different oranges. And if you buy the wrong one, it's going to stay in the fridge. Because we are, we are so blessed, really. We are so, so blessed. It's amazing enormously how much we are blessed. So that's why we ha- a person has to really, what, the, what a person has to do is focus a lot more how lucky we are, how blessed we are, that's what our focus should be. And the more you focus on that, the more you can make yourself, your days happy in life. See, Sunday, today is going to be a full day of your life. You could go to sleep tonight and say, wow, this was a great Sunday that I had experienced. Or you could, could be the Sunday you're going to lay down and you're going to say to yourself, ah, oh, this was just, I'm glad the day ended already. So it, it, it all depends on us. You know, that 90% of it, it depends on us. And there are going to be people who are going to annoy you. No question. There are people, I know my Sunday is uh, being a rabbi Sunday. A lot of people have time and they always bother me. But I make sure Sunday that I go to sleep happy. Because I, every Sunday I work harder to be happy. Knowing that I don't know what's waiting for me there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying it, happiness depends on yourself. Believe it or not. That doesn't mean that you don't have, if you have a good marriage, it doesn't make it easier. It doesn't mean if you, have, if you don't have to struggle for every dollar that you earn, you know, that you could, you know, you could buy something, it doesn't make you happy, it makes you easier. But the true happiness comes from yourself, because there are people, there are people who earn a, a hundred, a thousand times that you do, and they walk around unhappy. There are wealthy people, I know people who are not alive anymore, but I knew someone who didn't even know how much money he had, how wealthy he was. And he could have lived the interest, 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 interest. He was able to. And he walked around quetching. And he was a Holocaust survivor. I remember always being, wow, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you came out with one dollar to America. So happiness has to do, you must decide. This is my life. And the way you make yourself happy is you accept what's happening in your life. This is, this is it. This is what I am. This is what I have. This is my headache, this is my cold, this is my difficulties, this is my whatever shortcoming I have, or my spouse, or the children. I will accept life the way it is. And then you could be happy. See, when you fight many things around you, you know, you, when, you know we have this dream, when this is going to become, it's like many people say, if my boss will double my salary, then I'll be smiling. And then you tell yourself, one more time, then I'm never going to stop smiling. But reality is, a few months later, he'll be crutchy again. See, the crutch didn't disappear. It just was covered up. 
was dressed up <clears throat> what I really want to emphasize today is take time for yourself you know someone told me uh, a long time ago that people who take time for themselves meditate they show that the heart they have less heart disease less stressful less heart disease you got to take time for yourself sit down and just to talk to Hashem and say, this is you know, me and God, and let, talk to Him. See, when you quetch to Him and listens, if you ever go to a therapist, probably 90%, 80% of the mind is not there. Here, He is focused, Hashem. Is a, I've said this once before. Can you imagine going home and telling your spouse, I would love to get closer to you. How can I do that? She's going to melt or he's going to melt. Imagine we tell Hashem, I want to get closer to you. How do I do it? Think Hashem is not going to tune in? All day long, people quetch to him. I want this and I want that. And sometimes it's, it, it, sometimes it's you know, when someone's not well. But most often, here we say the greatest thing that he wants from us. He says, I want you to be close to me. And we sit down, Hashem, I would love to be closer to you. How do I overcome the stumbling blocks? Then he really tunes into you. He, everything is, the Menachem says, Hashem like zeroes into you, zooms into you, sort of to say. And he says, here you are, and I, I'm going to help you. Any questions? Well, uh, smile all day. Try to take my challenge and try. Someone, someone did, did last week told me that he put on his smartphone that reminds him, I think, every hour that you take it to make sure he smiles. So it says it worked. It worked, he said to me. From now on, Rabbi Wolf wants we should start at 9 o'clock. So we'll start at 9 o'clock. Okay.